Come a little clap clap. Come a little clap clap, darling. We're talking about the happening. you shouldn't see this is nigh unwatchable <sighs> welcome to the nigh unwatchable podcast yep. i'm chris mm-hmm. that's, that's true. harrison also true and uh we're not watching milf manor today mm-hmm. schedules got uh disaligned we're saving we're saving it until we can do the episode with joe it's going to happen and it's just got to happen right we're just gonna stop announcing it in advance well, and then when it does happen it'll be a nice little surprise um but it's hard to organize schedules across three different time zones with three different people so that's why that episode is taking a little uh taking a little delay so a little backseat for right instead, now instead instead um mm-hmm. you happened to know for reasons that are unclear to me uh, that the happening is a happening on Hulu. Um, Chris, this is... Are you is... talking about me or are you talking to our audience? Which is the you? The you, you. No, you. You you happened to know that it was happening. <laughs> and I, oh, I looked just, it up and we I was sitting there like, last wow, night like, awesome. what are we going to watch? <laughs> and then the first <laughs> thing you threw out, you're like, how about the happening? I'm like, I've never seen the happening. And... <gasps> You haven't seen it? No. Oh, no. I'm so happy I got to be the person who's pre-seen the terrible movie this time. Ooh, <laughs> it is a fun it is a fun reversal. This is this is a crushing film. Like this oh, was it was so bad. <laughs> I think I think that I I think this is the worst M Night Shyamalan movie. Um, oh, 100%. If you had already seen it, you would have known that. <laughs> ah, well, that's fair. Um, I've been on a recent, but this is the timing of this is funny because I've actually been on a recent uh, M Night upswing. I just mm-hmm. saw a Cabin in the No, it's not Cabin in the Woods. It's, the Village. No, Knock at the Cabin, uh, like the new one, the new one. Um, Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. The last one I saw was Old, which I liked. I'm not going to pretend I didn't like Old. I did did. not see Old. I saw, so the most recent three that I've seen within the past year or so um, were Knock at the Cabin, The Visit, which is like great. Like The The Visit might be his best one outside of The Sixth Sense. Outside, I mean... Like I, Maybe I, I don't signs. even. Signs is hard. No, I have a special place in my heart for signs. I do but too, I don't but it's think not. It's, it's not a good movie. <laughs> it's not a good movie, and it doesn't and it doesn't hold up well at all. Yeah, the special effects ain't great. But um, but you're right. I I also have like a weird soft spot for signs that I'm I'm not really sure why I do other than just the fact that I'm like yeah, but I like it, and people are like but you know it's not that a good movie. movie. I'm like yeah, I do, but I like it. I like it. <laughs> it feels very of its time. Like, I yeah. have a lot of... I don't know. I just, like, have a lot of memories of that movie being on. It's also, like, young prime uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Charlie Sheen, which is, like, weird. It's just a weird combo of oh people. Oh, my God. Charlie <laughs> Sheen is in that movie, isn't he? Huh. 
He's like big daddy, daddy boy in that movie. Yeah, sure is. Uh, but anyway, I also saw, uh, what was, there, there was another one that, oh, Split, Split, okay, so. So i is excellent. I'm on a, I've been on a high. I've been on a bit of a, a bit of a, just like in my private life, I've been on a, a bit of a, uh, an apology tour for Mr. Shyamalan, just going like, you guys, I don't know, I I actually, I think he's a pretty good director, I think he's just a shit writer, and he has a hard time admitting that, because he got nominated for an Oscar one time, and he went, oh wow, people like what I'm doing here, and it's like, hmm, people like the way that the story went, because it surprised them. Nothing else about how you write is good in any way, shape, or form. I mean, M Night Shyamalan is like a master at structure. Oh yeah. Which, which to be fair, is for most people the hard part of screenwriting. Yeah. For me in particular, like, there's a reason I was like, I am not gonna be a writer early on, and it's like I like writing for myself in my free time. If you little peek into the Chris personal life, I like writing my own little little fictional short stories, but they're just for me. It's like a creative exercise. Yeah. But like, yeah, fucking structuring an hour and a half plus experience for someone is difficult. It's not, you can have a good story that reads well on paper Mm -hmm. and would make a terrible movie, you know? Yep, and, and in fact, and he does a good job <laughs> with structure. Except, I will say, that is why the happening is his worst movie. It is terribly structured. It is not that's true. Like at all the way it no. you should structure a movie. At no point, <laughs> at no point is it clear where we are in the story, and the reason for that is twofold. One, I think it is because. Uh, there isn't a story like things are and i hate that i'm about to say this but things are just happening and the fact that they're right you're supposed to be (laughs) so interested in the mere fact that these that something is happening that that's supposed to carry your interest all the way through because there's nothing else for you to put your interest in you can't do it in the characters you can't do it in the dialogue you can't do it in even the visuals like it's not visually interesting either and in fact i think that's one of the weakest points (laughs) if you if you muted this movie you'd be like this is a movie about wind this is a movie (laughs) about the wind being the bad guy right and basically yes so basically the happening For anybody, M Night Shyamalan movie from that has not from two thousand eight, <laughs> which is also like a pretty rough year to still be releasing movies that suck this hard. Um, oh, wow, two thousand eight was a great year for movies. There's a ton of really good movies that came out in two thousand eight. Um, super bad, right? Super that. Yep. Uh, super. Was that earlier? Out. That might have been earlier. I'm not sure. Look, I know that The Dark Knight came out in 2008, so... Okay, okay. The, the, the point is that this was... Oh, that means Tropic Thunder also came out that year. Yeah, sure does. See? See? Now I'm starting to build a case. Now you're starting to see more and more. <laughs> like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> but anyway, um, it had Mark Wahlberg, you know? Mark Wahlberg in, a, in an interesting point in his career... This was the time period where he had already 
established himself well as an actor you know like he wasn't just marky mark he had he had definitely put that past him but he also wasn't quite where he is right now where some where some people are like no he is a legitimately talented actor with with skills that that are not easily duplicable he's kind of in that in between this is pre-departed mark Wahlberg. (laughs) yes yeah he's he's still you know just i think we're like five years before departed comes out so he's still just doing young he looks still yeah like in this movie he looks like a little cute twinkie boy and like (sighs) honestly i think he is a worse actor like he he does a bad job in this movie Mm -hmm. but i think he is also generally a worse actor at this time because he That's fair. he has his strengths come out in the happening and we'll get into this movie in just a second but we're doing a little preliminary chat or whatever mm-hmm. um i think like most of this movie mark Wahlberg is literally doing his character as if he were like a 17 year old everything he says is like yeah. come on guys yeah and like <gasps> these like weird we can't whiny do it. voice yeah but then there's this one scene when he's talking, it's the mood ring scene with the two the two boys that end up getting murdered. God, and yeah, uh, and they they start like messing with his ring or something, and he does like this weird little like, hey, like stop it, and that's like where it it's the only moment in the movie that I believed. It was like, oh, I like actually saw you act for a second there, yeah, and it's because that's his that's really where his talent is. Is Mark Wahlberg is like really great at being like this vaguely like upset guy who yeah. is just like a little bit overstressed which you would think would make him great in this movie but he hasn't really like figured out that that's like his his vibe yet he hasn't about- figured that out and also he doesn't um and i'm not saying it's their fault we'll, we'll get into that in a second but uh, nobody none of the other actors except jeremy strong Nobody shows Except up. Jeremy Strong. Nobody shows up. <laughs> this is one of the most intensely phoned-in films I've ever seen in my life. That just like people who I know, I know that they're good actors. Like Zoe Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel can act. She doesn't in this. She just decides no. not to. And I. And how can I blame her? How can I possibly blame her when she has to utter verbatim the line, "I am upset." <laughs> which she like, like very early in her introduction in the movie yeah 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 is, is her explaining to like mark Wahlberg that he she's like hey like your friend knows i'm upset and <clears throat> oh, i'm angry and, and why did you tell him is, i am upset i'm upset yeah <laughs> um also this her whole character you should never so this is just like a so number one thing not to do for a description of a character that's going to be in a movie. Number mm-hmm. one thing is don't make a part of their character that they don't like to show emotion. Because they make they make that a thing. They explicitly say that in the movie. They do. Is like, you know, she doesn't like to show emotion. It's like, well, why? You wrote this movie. Why would you make a character who's going to be like placid and look like they do not give a shit about the world ending in a movie about the world ending? Like, Well, and that's... that's- <laughs> So, it's like why do I'm not going to care if she doesn't care. <laughs> no. And and it also it is such a nonsensical uh character choice. Like it is 
it is such a strange character choice that that requires so much backup, you know, to be like, okay, but why are they like that? That I think the movie majorly, majorly, majorly stumbles in just refusing to give you any sort of explanation for why she, it's like, does she have anxiety? Does she, no, she just doesn't like to show emotion. Okay, fine. Why? <laughs> she just doesn't. She's not good at it. What do you no mean reason. she's not good at? I don't, like, she's not good at sharing her emotions? No, she's not good at having emotions. Jesus, how hard is this? Very hard. Very hard <laughs> because people don't work like that, M. Knight. I, I hate to fucking tell you, dog. But Sorry. there's not a person that just, like, it. it, it there, it's just not, it's, it's a weird character trope. That you think okay. is going to serve some sort of purpose, but... And it just doesn't. And it just doesn't. Okay, so I guess, what is this movie about? Yeah, let's let's take you through, because that's... Well, it's, let's start it's a, movie. a bit a bit even sooner than the beginning is is the fact that, like, this movie was successful, again. This Wait, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that's because it's yeah, coming... Dog. This must have been the, the reason that M. Night kind of disappeared for a little while. Correct, you are. Because I remember, that's true, I remember seeing this movie in theaters at the age of 13. And at the age of 13, most movies I saw in theaters were like, I, I might have an opinion about them, but uh-huh. like, I was excited, I was happy to, to have seen the movie. The Happening is the right. first movie I ever saw in theaters where it was, it ended and I was like, well, that was like just a, waste a of my time. bad yeah. movie and I hated it. Like, <laughs> that's... So it was really like a one, two. So in in the chronology, right? This is 2008. 2006 was Lady in the Lady in the Water. That's really I never saw Lady in the what start. I, I I'm not gonna go too hard at it because some people do like it, and I don't think that that's an insane opinion. Like the happening. Like if somebody said I like the happening, I'd be like, that's an insane. I need to hear more because there's no. <laughs> There's no way to hold that opinion unqualified, you know? Like, <laughs> it, if you want to launch an argument on, like, oh, I think that it was doing X, Y, and Z intentional, fine, we can get to that. But but, but, Lady in the Water is one of those that it's not good, but it's not so bad that you're like, don't let this, don't let this man do film anymore. But yeah. it did, it kind of, okay. it, it rocked the boat. It rocked the boat a lot to the point that that he actually had a bit. M Night Shyamalan had a bit of trouble with this script. It, it was one of the early times in his career, like he was honestly still riding on the high of of the Sixth Sense, which makes sense. That was only 1999. That was still relatively recently. Um, yeah. But he studios. This is the first time that studios were starting to get a little nervous about him so they weren't well, you know, fully into this script. you know why he keeps getting work though despite this because the man you point at the very beginning of this episode you pointed out how many movies he's had in the past 10 years you know and this movie's only what 15 years so old. i do i now so, we'll we'll get there there's we'll get a reason there. the reason actually and this is this is true as far as i can tell but the rumor is that he is a delight 
People love working with M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, oh, yes, yes. I have, I, okay, yes, sorry. I thought you were going with, like, the reason why he's even, because some some people have brought up the point, like, why does Hollywood give him chances anymore? They don't. We'll get there in a second. But, like, in the chronology, <laughs> it's in 2006. You know, he's still getting money, but this one's a bit harder because, the, like, he's he's pitching. At this point, the script is called The Green Effect. And it's, it's like he knows he wants it to be an environmental horror movie, but he doesn't really know how to take, like, what direction. And he gets turned down a lot in this period hmm. because, you know, Lady in the Water's not doing well. People didn't get it, didn't like it. You know, people are starting to have, like, the a The trust bit, isn't there. The trust isn't as much there. Um, but there was still New Line Cinema was like fine like we'll 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 give you time excuse Warner me company. uh 20th uh, century fox was like okay fine like oh, we'll never mind we'll give it A to fox you company we'll give it to you <laughs> um and they did and by the time this movie came out and was like it was successful okay financially so like it made those people happy but it was crucified uh, critically, in a way, really, that none of his movies had been beforehand. There were some, some critics were starting to show annoyance with him, you know, saying things like, oh, he, he, like, I want, I want to say, like, USA Today or someone was very, very harsh about him as a, as a filmmaker, just being like, he shouldn't have, he shouldn't be able to make these things. He should, like, they should. <laughs> But it was the one-two punch of this thing sucked. Like the happening was reviled by critics. I think it, it's holding well, it like a seventeen percent. It's very bad. But at that point, it was too late to put the brakes on the last Airbender, and that's what really it. Like the one-two punch of the happening, and then the I last Airbender. Totally forgot about it. because when they announced the last airbender yeah, because the happening was before and because i was a you know whatever i was a young teen at the time yeah Arrog i was a young american teen so i was watching avatar on tv and it was that's your it is maybe the most beloved animated property that nickelodeon has produced outside of spongebob so like yep. probably like I was like very much about that show, and then I saw that he was directing a live action movie, no less. And yeah. I was just like, "No way, absolutely not!" Like I have never seen it. I will not watch that movie. Don't mainly just because, out of respect for that TV franchise, yeah, I refuse to watch M Night Shyamalan's movie, even as a bit. I will not do it. <laughs> So I know we're going to end up doing it on this show yeah, now. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably. Like you can't, you can't just give me ammo like that. Like you're, you're really good uh, at just like loading a gun, cocking it, putting it on the table, it going, "Oh no, I hope no one shoots me." I'm like, "Well, you Chris, I'm probably going to shoot you, dog." <laughs> like, <I'm not laughs> you can call me the weapons master on the set of Rust. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that one hurt. Ooh, he's he's not playing anymore. But the, the bottom line is that, in all honesty, the happening 
probably it, w- it was the beginning of the end for studios giving him money and then uh, avatar just obliterated it right so for all intents and purposes that was kind of the last time that he was given like big studio bucks to do anything and since then every successive film that he has made has been funded directly by the one that came before it like that's how he has set up which his I'm, structure <laughs> which i'm not gonna lie <laughs> He's made some of his best movies. Yeah, he sure has. Since that time. Yeah, sure And has. I do kind of think maybe there's a part of it. Because a lot of my favorite, like, like filmmakers mm-hmm. are those people. I mean, John Cassavetes, my number one, my number one goat is, like, that's how all of his movies were self-funded, usually from the previous movie or from acting jobs. Because yeah. he was, like, a big actor at the time. Yeah. So, like, John Cassavetes is in, what, like, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, right? Yeah. And he's in yeah. I mean, Rosemary's like... Baby, and, like, he's... But, like, he used to, like, literally just, like, shoot... Most of his movies are shot in his fucking house. Yeah. He, like, there's stories of how he paid off his house multiple times throughout his life and then would remortgage it to make movies. Oh. Like, <laughs> like talk about a dude sad. dedicated to his craft. Yeah. Like, that's just, like, I love that shit. But all of his movies... Are pretty fucking good i've never seen a john cassavetes movies that i would say is bad i definitely like some more than others yeah but like all of them are like you cared about this and honestly maybe that's why m night's the happening i won't even get into avatar because i haven't seen it but to to segue into actually talking about this movie maybe that's why it's so bad because mm. he was writing the end of a decade high, like you were saying, of The Sixth Sense. Yeah. And his career had shifted from what is the what is the art I want to make? What is What are the stories I want to tell? To what are the stories people want to hear? And once his concern became about how he was being perceived, that's when his story started. That's The Happening comes out. And it sucks. It's this movie that's it's got Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel. It's supposed to be this big thriller flick, like you said. It it was. It was advertised that way. It was successful in the box office. Great advertisements clearly, as well. Yeah. I distinctly remember. Well, also seeing, three big names at the time. Yeah. Three two big name actors who had just gotten to the A list category, and M Night Shyamalan, like uh, an actual famous name modern director there aren't that many of those and mm. we know who that guy is so it's like it of course people went to go see it but that's the thing the concern was about all of that instead of it was about selling the damn thing it wasn't about the damn thing um no this movie the begins damn thing with clouds we gotta hop in because this is a movie about the wind basically it's about plants if you haven't seen the happening we're going to get into what is happening. Well, so... We don't really know, first, because no one does. No, no. The first <laughs> But the, the movie first opens mistake, on scary clouds. <laughs> it does open on scary clouds. The first mistake is in answering entirely too early in the movie what's happening, and then just, like, confusing its own point for the remaining mm. hour. Like, it, it starts pretty cool. Where what's yeah. happening is people are just committing suicide, like in, in mass for no obvious reason. Okay, and it is spooky. It's Dope. like why? Why is this happening? Yeah. People are jumping off of buildings. Very scary. 
sometimes. imagery. Sometimes. Sometimes. That's the but thing. This is it the is, beginning of the movie. It is inconsistent, but it's also inconsistently scary with its imagery. Because, like, I'll give you a prime example. These two scenes come back to back, okay? You get one where the foreman on a construction site, like, somebody falls. And he's like, oh, no, not Bobby. You know? Because, yeah, that's something that happens on construction yeah. site. And then another guy falls. It. And then another guy falls. It's like, that's good, man. That's a ri-. And then he looks up, and you just get, like, several people just, like, walking straight off the edge. It's good. Great scene. Great imagery. Yeah. And then, like, right next to it, you have a scene where a cop stops a car and then shoots himself in the head, and then the person gets out of the car, and they grab the gun, and they shoot themselves in the head, and then somebody else goes for the gun. And, like, it should work, but it's just, like, the effects are very cheesy, and the way that they shoot themselves <laughs> is just very strange, and, like, it just it just doesn't, it doesn't, it's inconsistent. It's inconsistent, where it's like, but the previous scene looked really good, was really frightening. This kind of breaks the effect, because... Everybody, it's not a good sign when everybody looks very silly when they're killing themselves. <laughs> that's not, I think that's you never also, want it to look that way. I think there's also an element of, I think you're right, but I do think part of why that's true in this movie is there's a little, there's a little too much of the killing self. Yeah, when, I'll agree with that. When once we know what's happening, what becomes scary is the is the vision is the I, I guess the imagery of people having killed themselves yeah because there are several of those moments in the movie where they come across a sea of bodies and at that point it's much scarier because to to me that imagery is scarier because now i know that that means a mass suicide yeah. but witnessing several mass suicides it doesn't even matter if all of them are super well done it becomes a little funny because yeah. that's like people harming themselves is that's like a natural reaction we have mm-hmm. you know people watch fail videos all the time like there's something like if you're just gonna like show me people like dying and crumpling in weird positions back to, <clears throat> back to back to back eventually i'm gonna kind of like go <laughs> you know like well, it's just gonna I, yeah, escape no, from me <laughs> especially since like that's this movie relies heavily on you assuming what's happening is like more frightening than what it's actually going to show you because like i all right skipping ahead a little bit uh we do find out fairly early on that it is some sort of airborne toxin okay they think it's a terrorist attack mark Wahlberg is a middle school science teacher he and his teacher friend and his teacher friend's daughter and mark Wahlberg's partner wife zoe deschanel Played by Zoe Deschanel, named Alma, I believe, in the movie. And I believe Mark's character is named Elliot. And they all get on a train. They're in Philadelphia. They hear about this air quotes attack in New York. And they get on a train and they're leaving town. Sorry. Just to catch us up story. No, that, that, it, it, it's, (laughs) I guess it's about that point that they find out that it's some, that it's like airborne and that it like affects your neurological system. So, you know, they know it's like a natural compound that disorients you and then like causes you to commit suicide. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. And like that, it would be one thing, but think about how 
interesting that could be to depict you know like let's say oh, that you on, get wait a second i want to i want to pause you're right interesting and in how it could be to depict i want to get into this to give a little more context because i'm realizing for anyone who hasn't seen the happening which might be a fair number of people because if you missed it when it came out you heard about it not being good and you probably didn't see yeah it. there's no reason to um, go back <laughs> this the airborne thing we're talking about the way this manifests just to give you a visual for these scenes oh. is that you're always these are always happening outside and there is usually a gust of wind and then like everyone stops moving and then a couple people like walk backwards for a few steps and then somebody says something that doesn't apply to the situation they're in like icy calculus right or, i need to buy my bicycle i'm just pulling examples from throughout the movie and then they start finding ways to kill themselves as quickly as possible with the objects around them now you kind of get an idea of why this is like freaking people out this is well hitting the news it's public but but it's over the airwaves and everyone kind of nationwide thinks there is some sort of attack on the eastern seaboard right and it's only on the eastern seaboard for whatever reason and nobody quite knows why. So everyone's like running from the cities and trying to move inland on the eastern coast of the United States. So sorry, no, like like <laughs> I just like I need to provide context because this movie is that, so bad that if you of, haven't seen it, we probably sound insane. <laughs> no, all of that context. It, the reason why all of that context is so important is because you're probably thinking to yourself, "Well, that does sound really scary." In how and, you and just the movie described it, scary. No, it's not though. That's the thing okay, is that I'm the, giving it way too much credit. The, yeah, like <laughs> that's the thing is that the way you just described it, that should be scary. But let's talk about the way that they actually depict it. Okay, like people are just standing. Like if you're if you're thinking, okay, it is fucking with your neurological system so bad that you're saying things. You're like saying non sequiturs. But the way that that's acted is that the character just starts saying non sequiturs, you know? Like, they're not twitching, they're not, like... Like, there's nothing else wrong with them to imply that, like, there's something deeply wrong with this person. They're just saying, calculus, 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 calculus. And it's like, that, that's, that's goofy as fuck, man. Like, I don't... I mean, Jeremy... So Jeremy Strong is in this movie, very briefly. Uh, he plays a small he role. He shows up at about the halfway point and you're he's like, he's the only Wait a second. one. If, he's yeah, the only one that commits time, to showing that like, oh, my nervous system is fucked up. You and know? at the time, like Jeremy Strong is not like a very well-known actor. Like no, now not Jeremy all. Strong, juggernaut of of succession. He's been coming out in all these movies. Like the dude is doing his thing, but he shows up as like this goofy, freaked out young military guy from yeah. like a base. And he's like, yeah, he shows up and I'm just like, shit, this is the only character I believe in the whole movie. He seems terrified. Mm -hmm. His responses kind of make sense. He's the only military person in like this crowd of people. So he's kind of taking charge, but he's also like, like freaking out. Like, I don't know how Jeremy Strong gets his face to look like that. It is uh, it, for a minute. I good. almost got scared watching this movie because yeah. of how scared Jeremy Strong was. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's, that's the thing is that you have to consider when you can't see the quote-unquote villain, right? Because I'm perfectly willing to accept that we are all now acutely aware of how frightening it is to have something 
going around in the air that we can't see, but that has insane. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's the thing, dude. I think I think that like COVID kind of ruined a lot of movies like this by just like nakedly showing. Not that, like, that isn't the way it would go down, but that, like, that is not, that is so obviously the way that it wouldn't go down that you could show this to a child, and the child would be like, well, that's not, what are you talking about? You just told me it was airborne, and they're thinking that going in a basement is going to be helpful? That's not how air works, friend. That's not how, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it just, it's, it's kind of, like, ruined by just giving us real, a real-world example to point to we know full well how scary it could be to not be able to see the the actual agent that is causing but as a result you need to see the scary after effects and that that's what this movie is terrible at it's not it's yeah. not frightening to look at you know it's not whereas you know something as scary as like the imagery of like bodies in makeshift morgues you know that's very that's a scary piece of imagery because i automatically understand that like people are dropping and we don't know what's happening and and, like also the way you know they're all hooked up to ventilators like it's all scary looking this isn't scary looking like none of it is is that and in fact more often than not it's just kind of gross um, like mm-hmm. a prime example is at the very beginning of the movie, and there's a reason for this, okay? It's 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 because this is the first time that uh, Shyamalan was given an R. He was allowed to do whatever, but he abuses it. And he, and frankly, he doesn't need it. Like that's, that's one thing. One prime example is one of the very first deaths that we see is this lady reading a book in Central Park, and then she just like pulls out one of the like like a hairpin she's got a, a knitting hat, needle a in knitting her hair. needle yeah that's like holding her hair together yeah. and then she just stabs herself in the neck with it but she but does like really so, like, slow really slow in a way that you're like that's not how stabbing works and that's not like she's skewering a piece of meat <laughs> she's just slowly sliding it into her own neck and it's just like this is gross this isn't and she's like i'm on a kebab yeah no that's it, not it, what it, happens it's but. just yes yeah, she <laughs> she utters the famous the famous phrase now i a kebab now i'm the kebab <laughs> uh, oh my god cut to Ugh. black great film no it, it, it it's just there's <laughs> there's no yeah directed by m night <laughs> there's no quality examples except jeremy strong of the toxin affecting people in a way that is genuinely unsettling to look at beyond the fact that it's violent you know and even then even there are times when it is violence and the violence is just fucking silly looking because you can't you can't do you can't do quentin tarantino type violence in something like this because i'm gonna laugh if blood yeah. splurts out of somebody, even if it's their face that did the splurting, that's funny. You can't expect yeah. me to like hold <laughs> terror in my head, like as you've just. Well, also, like to your point of you can't. So as they're going through, 
there's there's no real story here. Harrison mentioned this at the beginning, but the movie just is forward. Yeah, there's no like they're escaping lovely the city. sequence that's, of events. Yeah, yeah, that's they're it. they're on a train, and then the train hits a small town, and the conductors are like, "We lost contact with everybody." Which I find hard to believe because then they all go to a diner in town where the electricity works and there's news on the TV, but mm-hmm. whatever. And, <laughs> and yeah, they're sure all do. like, what's going on? And they're looking at their phones and receiving videos because I guess this was the very beginning. You know, old phones, but the very beginning of people getting like video text messages and that sort of stuff. So you get to see some of that early tech, which is a little fun. But then everyone's basically like, okay, it's not happening, you know, 90 miles west of here. The diner empties out. Everyone, like, hits the road. You know, Marky Mark and his crew almost get left behind. But then they all hitch a ride in one of the stupidest scenes ever, which is stupid because I just don't believe a parent would do this. No! Mark and his... Mark's teacher friend, whose daughter is also with them, is like, hey, my wife, my kid's mom, is, like, going to Princeton... And I need to go get her and bring her back to make sure she's safe, which is like, no, if you're a father and you're with your daughter, you just hope that you that you get to find your wife later. Yeah. You stick with the one of the loved ones you have <laughs> with you. So now, so Chris. <laughs> to keep them safe. Chris. Instead, he abandons her. So now it's child with, with Zoe Deschanel and Mark Wahlberg, who, like, <laughs> apparently don't have a kid, which... I'll get into the limited story we get about that later. Uh. But at this time, we don't get anything about it. So they hop in the car with these two people who own, like, a a plant shop in town. Yeah. And they go to their plant shop. They get some supplies for the road. And the whole crew hits the road. But the whole time, everyone just knows there's this invisible thing that's pushing them forward. And to your point of the invisible thing... Being like it, it, the only way it's represented is like the wind in the in the grass and the trees and yeah. stuff. The problem is that it is suicide. I think, which is unfortunate that it's unfortunate that a movie can make suicide funny the yeah. way this movie does. Yeah, but I think part of the reason why that is laughable to us as people is that is a concept that is it's super scary in concept. But it's also not very believable. Like, I don't believe in mass suicide situations that aren't born out of human emotion. Mm. So this is something that causes you anti your own thoughts to kill yourself. When, like, all the cases of mass suicide, at least out of humans and many other species that have been, like, witnessed, usually have to do with something else. It is a reaction to being put in a position where the only thing you feel you can do to help or the only thing you feel you can do to escape is mass suicide. One of the best examples of this for humans is in early colonial times, there was like an entire island of (laughs) indigenous people who committed mass suicide Mm -hmm. because, and it was like actual Christopher Columbus because Christopher Columbus and his team were just enslaving everybody and making everybody's lives so terrible, and they had no concept of this kind of oppression in their entire history as a people. So they respond, the ones who weren't, you know, like, dying, who managed to survive and become enslaved or run away, responded by killing themselves. And, like, there are, like, journal entries from colonizers about this. And it's fucking terrifying. That's but that a, is the yeah. in response to something. So I don't get 
scared by the idea that people would just randomly do it. You need a, a good reason point. to do That's it. That's a good point. I would be scared by people killing each other. If you told me, if you just changed that aspect of this, I think it would still be a bad movie if that was the only thing you changed. But I think it would be scarier, far more so, if like suddenly people just started turning on each other when the toxin went into their bloodstream. You know? Here, I do. I totally do. Hear me out on this. What if it was because i think i think you're i think you're dead on i think that's it what the reason that it is not frightening is because it removes the individual's agency from suicide and therefore it could have been anything that did them in you know so the fact that yeah. it is suicide that ultimately does them in is completely arbitrary because they're not whereas hear me out on this what if what if it's like you hallucinate something as as a result of the toxin that then after hallucinating that thing you will kill yourself eventually like for for one reason or another like it just it but you can't let go of it you know kind something like, a like smile that situation <laughs> yeah. a lot like smile actually smile is a great movie. smile it at least worked you know, I was at least I, I loved Smile. When I did too, actually. I <laughs> I, think, I would defend Smile. <laughs> well, I think I think it I think a big reason why something like Smile worked and the happening didn't is that Smile was not afraid to lean into the horror tropes that work. You know? And yeah. and this just like time and time again, because it's trying to do something so different and so out there that you haven't seen before. It does that at the expense of making any logical sense. Um, and just like time and time again, that comes up in this movie where they'll keep giving you fucking rules about how this oh, thing yeah. works. What's going on? Which, which, like, keep in mind throughout this movie. So you might hear us use phrases like toxins or whatever. And, and yeah, we've talked about how it's like they think it's some kind of terrorist attack that's affecting people at first. Yeah. Which is smart, given the era this movie comes out in, that that would be the first thought, is that it's some kind of attack. True. But but what is this toxin that everyone keeps going after? That is, like, yeah. How are we getting this info? We get a little bit of this info right at the beginning via, like, the news and stuff in World of mm-hmm. this movie. But then we're told we're cut off from like most communication stuff they like find radios and turn them on here and there to get bits of information but for the most part we're not really being given any new info about what this stuff might be that is helpful and yet our characters are like able to like figure it out more and more Mm -hmm. the only good clue that is useful is when they go to plant guy's house right before they hit the road he's like spouting off plant facts and he's like hey like plants can talk to each other i think this could be the plants like sending like chemicals out of their plant selves as a defense mechanism for some reason they're somehow threatened by us as people Mm -hmm. that ends up being right but it's this thing that's like put out there in the first at the end of like the first third of the movie we're like 45 minutes in and then everyone's just like what's causing this and mark Wahlberg's like what's causing this and slowly coming to the acceptance that like maybe this guy was right all along and it is the plants which is fine but it doesn't 
that is not a that is not a movie. No. Like all they continue to do is just keep moving west. People keep dying around them. And you get little bits of what should be characterization. You have all this time in the movie where they're moving west and basically just running away from the wind. Mm-hmm. And then, in some and, cases, literally, literally, and then, the scene is that the, like the camera tracks the wind as it comes <laughs> across a field, and they're like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. It's true. Literally running away from the wind. And then they get like these weird moments where like the kid like the they pick up some extra like older kids and and they ask, you know, why, you know, why don't you have a kid with your like wife or whatever? And and he's like, ah, like she said she didn't want him. That's the only bit. We get characterization about Zoe De Chanel that she's emotionless. We get characterization about their relationship that uh he maybe wants a kid and she maybe doesn't. And uh, he's a teacher. And she has a job. We never find out God. what that is. But she references work at one point. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that is, like, all we have for how we are supposed to, like, characterize these people. We have no history. They don't bother to tell us. And what pisses me off about that kid thing is that at the end of the movie, <laughs> Zoe's pregnant. Which, like, here's the deal. You could you could do this. You could do this we don't have a kid story. Not my favorite type of story, but you could do like them having an argument about kids at the beginning of the movie. And then they end up as they do in this movie trapped with a kid that isn't theirs and like learning the magic of parenting and like deciding that they actually do want to have kids or some shit. And then at the end of the movie which, again, is the real end of the movie, they do have the kid because her parents died. So now you kind of do have this weird makeshift family, and that's kind of nice. But then, also in the real end of the movie, Zoe's pregnant, which is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It just undermines, Why yeah. is Zoe pregnant? You guys already got the kid. You served if that. was going to be yeah. part of the themes, <laughs> which, like, was not really adequately set up, so whatever. But now she's pregnant, which is effectively just a callback to the one time children were referenced as, like, a thing an hour earlier. And there was nothing else about a family unit or wanting to have kids in the entirety of the movie. And now she's, like, pregnant at the end, too. It's like, okay, so you, like, made them have a kid and then you made them double have a kid? God, it's so... The point of this. And it's, it's also because, like, initially they just tell her... That the problem is that, I mean, they explicitly say, you know, when she's not on screen, like, oh, she has trouble, uh, like, expressing her emotions. Okay, fine. You know, plenty of people do. That's not abnormal. That's not. But then it just, like, slowly develops into, oh, well, she might, like, not really have emotions. Okay, what's your evidence for that? Well, she doesn't want to have kids. Can you believe that? It's like, what? <laughs> now, hang on. Now, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Are we hanging our entire hat on her not having emotions? Is our entire base of evidence just that she doesn't want children at this time? Is that what you're saying? Hey, man, you said it. I was like, no, you said it. You literally said it. <laughs> like, in the conversation that Mark Wahlberg has with the two boys, you know, they're like, what's yeah. the holdup? What are like? What are you waiting? It's like, well, maybe you know, if we tease this out for five seconds, we could have written something where we said that like 
We don't want, we're having difficulty talking about how we're not ready, you know? And, and then that in and of itself is putting off the conversation to even, or, or maybe, maybe it's, it's a, it's a problem that the conversation was never had to begin with on if they wanted children, I would have been able to buy into that, but there's just this weird Either, thing yeah. where it's they like, just assumed. don't communicate any of it because instead of having any scene where the characters interact with one another and express feelings that could i don't know give you empathy for yeah. them as yeah, the yeah, viewer yeah. instead you get to watch them run across a field while the wind blows you know it's like and that is just 80 percent of the movie but we're almost done folks so chris we've watched like an hour and ten yeah and now we come upon a little house a little house there. in a little glen um so at this at this point in the movie they have explicitly stated that the way that they stay alive is that it seems this toxin which again just not how anything anything is anything being released works by all species this, of plants this toxin is being released by all species of plants and it can furthermore determine when humans are moving in a large group and that's when it decides to strike okay that's mm-hmm. So they're like, we need Fuck to get you. in smaller yep. groups. Like it just that you're gonna have to buy that because the movie's just Harrison, gonna chug along on that. Could you could you recount the epiphany moment <laughs> that Mark Wahlberg has when he realizes this? Oh, you mean the come on science it douchebag? Is that the scene that you're talking about? Mark Wahlberg literally says to himself, Come on, just science it douchebag. Like, He's as a motivational like, speech. Everyone's yelling at him, like, what's going on? Tell us. Which, first of all, let me remind you, middle school science teacher. Those are his credentials. So anyway, everybody, including the army guy, is yelling at him, like, tell us what's no, happening. No, no, the army guy killed himself at this point. Jeremy Strong Oh, you're right, himself. because they separated. Like, you're right, right before You're this. right, you're right. <laughs> and then, and then as a result of them separate, so they hear Ar- Jeremy Strong's gun going off in the Scariest distance. Scariest suicide in the whole movie, too. Jeremy Strong's suicide. You're totally They're right. Just, the like, one that happens off camera is in fact the most frightening well and it's scary is not really because of the suicide but because of him right before like he his like cue that he's about to do it yeah is that he's just like randomly shouts like he's like on a military base like my firearm is my friend and it like fucking startled me watching the movie i was like Oof. it did what? me too <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> and and again whereas like you have because that was a good moment of of like showing the toxins just like obliterating his ability to think you know whereas that was a clear example of it all the other ones you just had them repeating like a single random phrase one of which was bicycle one of which was calculus (laughs) like it just it just doesn't it's not frightening because the actors are not selling it in a way where like what jeremy strong does really well is you can see in his eyes that he doesn't want to do what he's doing. Whereas everybody else just has this dead yeah. look where like they're just zombified and they're doing it. Jeremy Strong is able to sell us on the idea of like, no, no, this person has lost all control. Like, like they they are now purely a passenger in the vehicle of their body. And that's a very scary like position to be in. But again, it was it's a very brief flash. They don't focus on it or anything because again, Jeremy Strong was very small at this point. Like it's not as if he was he did way more 
with like not a lot than than this was his big break this movie was like the first huge thing he was in and probably set him back in his career for a couple years (laughs) well it probably did it probably did but anyway from that mark Wahlberg determines oh we've got to stay in small groups so then that's when he that's when it gets down to just mark zoe child and two other random kids we're gonna skip the two other random kids they die within 10 minutes yeah like it's it's... the only the only (laughs) time where people kill other people in this movie and it's a great scene it's a scary scene they try to yeah yeah we're like well okay i guess we won't skip over it but we'll be fast they like quickly find a house that they realize is filled with people but it's all boarded up and the people are like no fucking go away there's shit crazy shit happening outside we know something's in the air. We're not going to, like, let you in. And they, like, the boys just sleep banging on the windows so they stick guns out and shoot them. It's, like, actually scary, but it feels real. It's like, okay, yeah, in a situation where there's a scary thing happening outside and then strangers come knocking on your door, it's like, yeah. Well, also... I believe that people would do that. You're like, in and, the rural United States. Like, absolutely. Yeah, you're in rural Pennsylvania. It, yeah, like. Which is, if anyone, whoever hasn't been there, scary. Yeah. There's nothing there. It's yeah. just hills and forests. Hills and forests and people with guns. Um, yeah, people who, who love their hills and forests. They love them. <laughs> and they'll die they for their hills and forests. Uh, anyway, my, they aunt, come... my aunt and uncle got a couple dogs that were like strays from Western Pennsylvania once, and they just to give you a notion of what it must be like for a stray dog in Western Pennsylvania. Oh boy, those dogs were never not on a chain oh. for their entire lives because they would kill everything that wasn't them. Well, <laughs> like, which is like sometimes you, know, you gotta, yeah, yeah. Which sucks. I mean, honestly, probably wouldn't have been an issue, except they have a lot of chickens and shit, so they just had to keep those dogs chained up all the time. Yeah. But it's a bummer. But. Point the, is, the, the, in the middle of nowhere, scary town, we hit a small house, and, there's and a, on the porch is a little old lady. There's a little old lady who is just like, well, I guess I've got to take you in. I don't. This scene, I, don't I know. propose... I propose a theory about this scene. <laughs> okay. This whole part of the movie. Because I've got nothing, man. I don't know why so anything happens So she's just like a here. loner lady in the middle of the woods. Right. And she doesn't have any electricity running to the house. She doesn't know what's going on. She takes them in for the night. But clearly she's like mentally not sound. And is like very paranoid about these people that she's invited into her house. That mm-hmm. they're going to like rob her or mm-hmm. kill her. And mm-hmm. she's like kind of freaking out. And then she ends up killing like... She ends up killing herself because of the toxin because she goes out to her garden the next morning or something. But all before that, she has, like, several scary scenes that are just, like, her being, like, paranoid and pissed at these strangers who have come onto her land. Yeah. Who, again, she decided to invite into her home. This is the village. This is the precursor to the village. No, excuse me. This is the precursor to the visit. This is crazy old person. Yeah. M. Night Shyamalan loved this character, loved this scene. There's no real reason to have this character around other than just to, like, keep us unsettled. But that's what it made me think of. The entire time she's, like, in this movie, this scary old lady, I was like, this reminds me of The Village. Because this was the vibe. It was, like, middle of nowhere house with old person who seems murderous. Like, (laughs) Yeah. And, And the most frustrating part about that is that 
the village. Everything's Visit. set up. <laughs> Everything's set up beforehand is like, oh, wow, this woman's out in the middle of nowhere. She's crazy. She's kind of mean. She strikes the child. You know, like all of this is happening the night before. And then the morning comes and she's just infected and that's the end of that. It's like, well, why did you have me question so many things? Like you set up this mystery. We're like, but why is she weird? Uh, I don't know. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay, fine. How long is all, left? 10 minutes? All fine. The, right. It's all in the last like bit of the movie, which is like, why are we adding in this like interesting, all this intrigue? And then for whatever reason, there's, so at this old house, there's like an old shed in the back that in the, in the world civil war days was used to uh, get fugitive slaves out of the South. And there is a pipe underground running between the house and this shed. And you can hear, if you're standing in the room with the pipe in the house, you can hear people in the shed, like you're really there. So the next morning... We find from either a news thing or a radio thing that that we hear along the way, or maybe we just cut to the news and this isn't something that Mark Wahlberg is aware of. I kind of forget, but they they think we learn that at least the authorities think this thing is going to end soon and suddenly and like random events that like crest that increase like this usually hit a peak and then they disappear so like the authorities based on information that is not really clear are like we think it's probably going to end tomorrow morning but we also think it's going to be its worst right before it ends and that's when the old lady kills herself and at the same time in this morning girl and zoe de chanel are in the shed mark Wahlberg goes to the speaking pipe and he's like hey close the windows and doors and then they hang out, which I assume the whole reason this happened okay. is just because, like, M. Night Shyamalan wanted to do, like, a pillow talk scene. Because then it's just Zoe and Mark kind of having, like, well, a phone conversation about how they miss each other, even though they're a hundred feet away from one another. It's a, it's <laughs> a, it's a, um... Even though, and it's through a pipe, which is, like, cute. But it's a, it's but, a, it's a, it's a, oh, what is it? It's a Star Trek II situation. It's the Wrath of Khan. It's supposed to be like one person is in a scenario where they're very clearly dying and is like kind of having their last words. Like that's what we're meant to understand is that like, oh, Mark Wahlberg is not going to be able to make it out because Mark Wahlberg just saw the wind coming and the wind like kicked up. So like he's definitely probably infected, which, you know, then it, it shows you that believe. Zoe Deschanel is in this bunker that has windows. So again, yeah. where like you and I now and everybody else is very used to the idea of like airborne contagion and how that travels and how very difficult that is to stop it from getting into anywhere with circulation. And like, and, and it's just not a problem. It's just not. Chris. Yeah. Well, it's just, it just isn't. Yeah. Not a problem. They like have their sad conversation inside and then they're like, fuck it. If we're going to die, we're going to die in each other's arms. So they all go outside and then they don't die. And they're like, oh, I guess it's over now. Um, and it is. And it is. Also, I just love the scene going back to, I think we got distracted by Jeremy Strong's suicide. But going back to the scene where Mark Wahlberg has his epiphany about what's happening. He, mm-hmm. he literally like scientific methods it, which is 
still one of the funniest scenes. If you've ever heard anyone make that joke online and you haven't seen the happening, that's what that's in reference to. Is ah. when you use the scientific method to like solve a really obvious thing, it's because of the happening. I'll <laughs> <laughs> well, see what I just need to do is scientific method this shit. Come on, douchebag, <laughs> scientific method it. Oh, that is that is such a I mean like there's some really really for a man that is one of the worst in the biz at writing dialogue, this movie has the worst dialogue of any M. Night Shyamalan movie. And that is... Oh, it is bad. That's really... People say stuff, and there's no clear function to anything that they're saying. It's like, are you trying to give me information? Are you trying to entertain me? Are you trying... Like, why did that character just say that thing? <laughs> And then you spent that amount of time. Why, M. Night? I don't, you're not, none of this is adding up to anything. And it really doesn't. To the point that by the time the credit rolls, you won't argue with it. But, like, it doesn't come at a time when that makes any kind of sense, you know? Well, and the like, movie it just, ends it and cuts it just to happened. Paris and it's happening there. And then it's like, yeah, so think about that. They have like a little news guy who's like, it was a natural event, but we don't really know what happened. And like, maybe it's a warning sign. Like, you have to have a character tell you what the theme of this movie is because right. it's it's pretty dumb. Like, in, in a sense, it makes it totally makes sense. Like, hey, we're... <laughs> Like, well, okay, it's an so eco, then, then eco it environmental of, horror movie right. or whatever, and I get that, but it also doesn't make sense in that like we you've made the enemy the wind basically, and now you're telling us it's like maybe this warning sign is what like the science guy on the news says. Like it's probably I I believe it's like a warning sign that's going that we need to like stop all the global warming shit. And then, yeah, and then it cuts to Paris and people are dying because the other news guy's like, well, this only happened on the eastern seaboard. I don't think anyone be would believe that. Well, if, so, but, uh, but so for a, they would if it had happened somewhere else. And for a <laughs> brief second, and for a brief second, it gets, it gets like, kind of close. It touches something, you know? It gets a little close to making sense there because yeah. they start with something about, like, Oh, well, you know, in this area of, of New England, there's like a lot of nuclear power plants. And that that might be is that it's because of the high concentration of nuclear power. And then it's and then it's like and also it's happening in Paris. Is Paris all equally like, or more famous for like their well, the nuclear power nuclear plants power is like plants or? is before the whole thing's over, right? So that's I well, think right, what we're right. I'm to saying think I'm is saying that it's that, not them; it's just the plants, right? Well, yes, no, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the plants are are pushing back because of the nuclear power. Oh plants. yeah, that would have been an easy path to go for, and they should they should the have, and then they just didn't. <laughs> like it seems to think that there's something terribly clever about relying on it's like well the movie's called the happening so what if things are just happening like no i mean that's cute but no you have to have a reason for why things are happening no what if they just were 
And Chris is Chris is checking to make sure did we get it? But we got it, right? We We've got most we, of it. I'm back. We got it. Hey, okay. I don't know where I I don't know where I stopped okay. uh, talking. I don't either. So uh, a chunk of the episode is probably missing. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we're back now. Okay. Um, um well my card my SD card got full. My card. I don't know when and I don't know when it did. Here's my <laughs> so, card. The bottom line is that I think we were at least Fifty minutes in, though, so I think we got most of the episode. Yeah, we're 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 that's that that's good enough. That's good enough. Yeah, the happening, it happened. It shouldn't have happened, and it shouldn't have. It's not even a fun bad movie to watch. Nope. It's, it's it's just, just bad. bad. It's just bad. And if you want us to watch something bad, tweet at Chris. You yeah. can tweet at me, or but I think it's a lot funnier to tweet at Chris personally yeah it's funny because i probably won't see it for like a week Mm -hmm. that's that's my mo um or tweet at (laughs) nigh unwatchable um which would make sense too just 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 let us know what to what what you want to torture chris with next and we'll do that um okay do you have any funny words about m night Shyamalan to close us out um no no i'm just gonna go with the happening shouldn't have that's all i got chris is chris is not pleased i i liked it (laughs) i liked it all right see ya